When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always. False player. Forever. Welcome into Franchise Player, a site crossover podcast of the Old Man Spirit and Inside the Rebels. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. The Grove Bowl is coming. It's Grove Bowl Eve tomorrow, Saturday, April 15th, 2023 at 2 p.m. Central Time in Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss will hold the annual Grove Bowl, and the format will be four 15-minute quarters, uh, running clock except stoppages in the last four minutes of each quarter. He's David Johnson. What's up, man? I am breathless with anticipation over the Grove Bowl tomorrow. Give me something to be fired up about in, in regards to the Grove Bowl tomorrow. You know, what are you it, looking for? Let, let's be honest. It, it's a glorified scrimmage, a uniformed scrimmage, if you will. They'll have their game unis on. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm looking for tomorrow that I haven't already seen and have preconceived notions of. Um, I mean, I expect Jackson Dart is going to look like your starter. He has looked that way the entire spring. Um, I think Quinshawn Judkins will get six, maybe seven handoffs. He'll break one. He's been doing that all spring. Um, then they'll they'll turn it over to Ulysses Bentley and Matt Jones, Fred McAfee. I expect the offensive line will look like the cobbled together mess that it has been all spring. Um, they gave up eight sacks in last week's scrimmage. Um, without Jeremy James, without Jaden Williams in there. Um, Caden Priestcorn, Michael Trigg at tight end. I, I think they'll show well tomorrow. Um, the wide receivers are so cobbled up with nagging injuries. I honestly don't know who will play tomorrow. Um, you know, whether it, you know, Jalen Knox has looked good. J.J. Henry played last Saturday. Braylon Brown played last Saturday. And, and defensively, you know, maybe that's where you leave with a with a notion tomorrow. I expect you to see a more aggressive style defense. Pete Golding is known for that. I think you're going to see pressure coming from the edges, from the middle. Um, and then a secondary, I think, that that still needs a little help in terms of uh, the transfer portal, which, by the way, opens tomorrow. 
So um, I, th- I think that's what you what you leave with. I think Caden Costa is going to be your kicker on on field goals and extra points. Uh, Caden Davis may end up handling kickoff duties. Um, we'll just have to see about that. Fraser Mason is is your punter. Um, that's that's pretty much everything, Ben. I mean, that's what I expect to see. I think uh, I think people will be impressed with a couple of the the true freshmen and the new guys. I'd watch Josh Harris at defensive tackle, and I would watch uh, Javante Connor, the early enrollee true freshman at tight end. He is uh, he looks like he's been in the program three years already. He's got a big, wide, grown man body and uh, very athletic. So, yeah, those are my high points. Now your turn. Well, looking at tomorrow, I think the offensive line is the obvious place to start because it's not sexy, but that's been, I think, the um, ongoing storyline to follow and, and really what's not had a lot of answers but a lot of questions all spring. And to have eight sacks last scrimmage, uh, they obviously decided to change some things up this week. They rotated some guys around. Caleb Warren played some guard. Reese McIntyre with the first team at center. You got Bryce Bryson Sanders, the freshman, the four-star signee, and early enrollee playing some center as well. Uh, you're starting to see them experiment. John Garrison, the first-year Ole Miss offensive line coach, and this staff experiment with potential combinations up front because, yes, they're getting Jade Williams back. And yes, they're getting Jeremy James back, and that will certainly do wonders for this offensive line to get two of its starters back. But eight sacks is eight sacks, and you got to find some answers right now. Yeah, Ben, and it was more than eight sacks. I mean, look, Walker Howard finished like I don't know. I think I've got the stats right here. I think he finished for like like three for nine passing, but he ran the ball like twenty times. Better than half of those twenty rush attempts were because Walker was flushed out of the pocket. So the pressure what was constant. Um, and it wasn't just on Walker. It was on Spencer Sanders, who was victim of, of a lot of drops from the receivers. And it was on Jackson Dart as well. Um, you know, Lane said something about Dart that I think everybody will see tomorrow. It's the fact Jackson no longer forces things. If nobody's open and he can't run it, he throws it out of bounds. Uh, which is what a mature quarterback does. And, you know, he goes back, scratches it out, and, and and turns the page to the next play. And that's where you've seen a lot of growth, I think, from Jackson this year. I think you'll see that tomorrow. He's not going to force throws. He's thrown one interception the entire spring. One. Um, that that's that says a lot about his growth mentally as, as the Ole Miss quarterback. I know we went into spring and everybody was talking about an Ole Miss quarterback battle, but I haven't seen it. This job is Jackson darts. I'll declare that right here today. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. And unless something changes, I mean, if you're just going by what's happened in the spring, he's taken the lion's share of the first team reps. So uh, to say otherwise would be just frankly incorrect right now. He's the number one quarterback and Spencer Sanders and, Walker Howard or just Spencer Sanders, whoever, they're going to have to catch up in fall camp, summer practices in order to uh, re-level this thing. Because you're right, Jackson Dart has taken the reins as QB1 and held on pretty firmly and been really consistent. And um, I think that was the biggest thing most people were looking for last year. I think when they went into the portal to get to accomplish guys like Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard, part of the uh, thought process was, look, 
at the very least, we're going to push the absolute crap out of out of Jackson Dart and the problem areas in his game because there's so much good, uh, including turnovers or inconsistent play or uh, the refusal to get rid of the ball when you're in trouble. Um, he's cleaned those things up. So he's responded in the positive way that almost had hoped, I think. Yeah, I think he has. And I don't think uh, you could ask much more of him right now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm confident that the quarterback battle is over. And I know Spencer Sanders had, uh, you know, he's had shoulder issues and everything. Um, but, you know, there's no guarantee he won't have shoulder injuries, shoulder issues during fall camp. And um, Walker Howard, he's the quarterback of the future. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and, and he's soaking it all in. And Jackson Dart is a good guy for Walker Howard to be an understudy to. So, you know, I feel good. I feel good about the quarterback position. Uh, you certainly feel good about the running back position. I would like to see him add a little more depth behind Judkins, behind Bentley. Um, you know, because really behind those two guys, you're talking about walk-ons, Matt Jones and Fred McAfee. Until um, Kedrick Riscano gets here. That, that's true. You do have Riscano coming in. Um, but, you know, do, do you go in the portal if the right guy is out there and bring him in as a, as a relief pitcher, so to speak? You know, a proven relief pitcher. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And it's probably pretty hard to go, okay, we got Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. Let's go in the portal and find a running back willing to come in and be the number three guy. So that may prove to be harder than what it seems to be. But, um, you know, maybe a little more depth there, even though I, I will say Matt Jones and Fred McAfee, man, they both look good all spring, running hard hard to bring down, um, tight end. I feel excellent about Priestcorn has pushed Trig and Trig knows Caden Priestcorn's on the roster now. And you can see it in Trig's practice habits. He, uh, he gets out there and, you know, Ben, he's blocking. He's aggressively blocking this year, which was a big absence from his game last year. And, um, you know, so again, competition breeds better. And um, it's done that at tight end as well. Like you mentioned, the portal, the second portal window is about to open. Running back seems obvious. You kind of detailed that. Um, other positions, in your opinion, that seem obvious now that we've seen spring football? Certainly not wide receiver because we haven't seen enough of some of the guys we expect to be top tier in there. Certainly not the offensive line. You know, if anything, maybe this spring has given John Garrison something to think about in terms of uh, Jaden Williams and Jeremy James coming back. What he's going to do at left guard, will that be Eli Acker? Um, or will it be Vic Kearney or Quincy McGee? You know, um, I think when everybody's back and healthy on the O-line, they're going to have a little depth. And I, I think spring has helped them develop that depth a little bit. You mentioned Reese McIntyre playing a little center. Uh, Bryson Sanders, the true freshman, has certainly looked good. Um, and, and and I mentioned Javante Connor, grown man at tight end. Um, you know, he's going to have a bright future here. On the defensive side of the ball, we need more depth on the D-line. We always need more depth on the D-line. I feel good about the first group. Jared Ivey, 
Josh Harris, J.J. Pegues, Cedric Johnson when he gets back in the lineup this fall. Um, you know, I, you feel good about those guys. Um, but, you know, when you get into the second tier, I think that's when you might lose a little bit. Of course, Tywon Malone has been playing baseball. Uh, he'll be back out there. Xavier Harris has looked really good. Um, he's out there. But you need a little more stock there. And I think you'll see them go in the portal looking for a D lineman. Um, and, and again, as I mentioned, secondary, because our losses through the portal in the secondary, I don't think we've talked enough about losing Miles Battle, about losing Davis and Igbignosin, and, and about losing Tashim Johnson. I mean, three guys there that were constants every Saturday uh, in the experience. And, and you go, well, well, maybe we didn't need him. Well, look at where they went. Battle went to Utah. Igbignosin is at Ohio State. Johnson is at Oregon. There are some pretty good programs that said, yeah, we can use you. So, you know, if you want to calculate the losses in the secondary, I think they're huge. And I think that may be an issue for Ole Miss. Yeah, losing one of them, one of Miles Battle or Davidson Igbignosin is bad enough. Losing both of them, any team any team worth its salt would feel that loss. And Ole Miss, you can tell, has felt that loss. I think cornerback – I mean, Zamari Walton has been really good this spring. DeAndre Prince is coming back. But when you have those step-ins for Mar for uh, DeAndre Prince, excuse me, like Markevious Brown, it's been a rotating mix, right? There hasn't been any stability or obvious guy that has stepped up as the clear and away number three, number four options for Ole Miss at corner. So I think corner's – a pretty set position for them as far as if they can add come the second portal window, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And you've got John Saunders, the other transfer that joins Walton at the, at the corner position, but you know, you just think about losing those three guys. I mean, you didn't mention Tysheem Johnson um, and, and Johnson flashed a lot last fall. So, you know, that hurt the portal works both ways and Lane Kiffin, was very good about pointing that out last week or, or this week, actually, when he said, uh, hey, um, you know, we don't know exactly what we're going to look for in the portal because right now we don't know exactly what we're going to lose. And, you know, you can expect losses. That's going to happen. There are going to be some rebels that are going to get in the transfer portal. Uh, it's just how the game is played now. And, uh you know, you're going to be trying to recoup those losses and, uh, and, and, and make your team better. Care to venture any guesses where they might lose some guys? What positions? That, that's a difficult one. You know, maybe wide receiver. I could see that. There's a lot of uncertainty in the wide receivers room right now. Um, you know, I could see them maybe losing an O-lineman or two. And they already have. You know, losing Jalen Cunningham and uh, – or somebody else that went with him. I think both went to Arkansas State, if I'm not. Hamilton Hall, I think it was. Yeah, Hamilton Hall, that's right. Um, you know, you lose depth there. And, um, you know, so those are groups that have a lot of players in them. And, you know, those would be the two groups that I would automatically look at. You know, that, okay, you're probably going to lose a pass catcher. You're probably going to lose a big body on the line. As far as what they'll add, do you think it'll be two and a half over under? Over, over, over because because you're going to lose some guys. 
you know, that's uh, that's just the bottom line. There are going to be some guys that are going to get in the portal. And, um, you know, that's that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah. If you had to grade Ole Miss's spring, there's going to be two practices after the Grove Bowl, which is kind of uh, not usual. It's not what typically happens every single year. The Grove Bowl is the button, usually, on spring football practices. But to get to the 15 allotted practices from the NCAA – Ole Miss will practice twice more next week. I don't expect those practices to be all that fruitful as far as a coverage standpoint, but um, knowing that and accepting that, the Grove Bowl coming, how would you grade Ole Miss's spring work overall so far? Yeah, the work has been good. I mean, it's going to be good. You have an elite coaching staff, and um, you're in the SEC, so the the work is good. Um I'd probably give them a C plus, to be honest with you. Why would you do that? Just because they're they're so much unsettled. Yeah. Um, just just because you know, you go out there every day and you watch that offensive line and you know what it's missing. Um, <clears throat> you know, you watch uh, you you watch the secondary and you know what you what you're missing. Um, all the pieces aren't in yet. And, and just factoring that in, maybe a B minus, maybe. Yeah. See, I'd give them a B because of Jackson Dart. And I say that because that was the biggest storyline coming in. And what you want out of spring, ideally, is some resolution with your biggest questions. And Ole Miss still has way more que uh, questions than answers in regards to his biggest questions. But Jackson Dart solidifying that QB1 spot, which is the most important position on the field, I think makes the floor a B. Um, even, even acknowledging the offensive line is a mess right now. Uh, the defense is still learning a new system, a 4-2-5 system under Pete Golding. The secondary still needs, I would say, a couple more reinforcements, both in safety and cornerback. The defensive line has gotten better, been consistently praised by Lane Kiffin and the coaching staff to um, – you know, it's for their work this spring, even without Cedric Johnson. So I think they would maybe add there, but I think they like what they have. So considering all of the questions that they're facing, I still think I would put the floor at like a B only because Jackson Dart has stepped up at the biggest spot in the biggest storyline and biggest question mark. Well, and I'll say this about Dart. I, I think a lot of it has to do with Jackson Dart is just that much better. Okay. He is uh, – Yeah, personally, his growth, his personal growth is better. Yeah, absolutely. And his on-the-field growth. I mean, arm looks better, decision-making looks better and all that. But I got to be honest with you, from where we were a month ago when spring practice was opening, I'm kind of a little underwhelmed with the whole quarterback battle. Um, just In what way? Is it just because it hasn't been that dramatic? Yeah, exactly. It hasn't been that intense. Okay. Um, and it's not Jackson's fault. See, I would it, argue that's a good thing. Well, it, it would be if you had, you know, the, the A1 version of Spencer Sanders, but you don't. That's you fair. Know, so, you know, that's uh, that's where we, we all felt the competition was going to come from. And then Spencer gets here with a bum shoulder and the competition just, honestly hasn't been there you know and lane talked about tuesday about how frustrated he was how that spencer was with how he's done this spring and it's got to be frustrating i mean you're going out there and you can no longer do what you used to could do and you know no indictment on walker howard 
but we all knew he was coming in here as the doughy-eyed young guy that was the future at the quarterback position. And I think Walker was fine with that role. And that's the role he's played this spring. Yeah, he, but, he's looked great in, in flashes, like scintillatingly good. You go, oh, God, that is a next-level throw. And then he makes a freshman mistake, even though he's a second-year player. Yeah, he's swimming a little bit. There, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, you want to think, and I'm with you on this, that the quarterback battle has been because of Jackson Dart's positive growth. And right. I believe it has been. But when I say I'm underwhelmed by the quarterback battle, I, I was expecting more. I, I really was. And it just hasn't been there. It hasn't materialized. Up with spring winding down, and it seems over the past week or so, Spencer's kind of ramped up and what he's doing or how far he's throwing and reps. Just where do you see him at this point, uh, uh, kind of where, from where y'all started to, to now with spring winding down? Yeah, I think Spencer's had a very challenging spring because of the medical aspect, you know, to come in and know this is okay. He has one window here. Of, it's not like he's got, you know, three years left or something. So I think that that's frustrating for him, you know, that he's been limited and even we've held him basically one of the three days every week for the most part. So that's really frustrating when you come in and you're trying to learn things and, and get better and, and also your teammates to see you. So he's done a good job. I just know it's been really frustrating for him. Kind of going off Spencer's challenging spring health-wise, what are your expectations for him Saturday and I guess the rest of the quarterback room? Just to play really well. Um, don't force things, make really good decisions. And whether you're a freshman or fifth-year player, um, it's always a challenge to play really well and um, not try too hard. I think that switching over to Jackson, Jackson's a very good example. He's thrown one interception all spring. He's not forcing things, you know, trying to win a job like he did a year ago, um, you know, on every every drive. And so he's performed much better because of that. And again, I believe with both of them, and I know everybody may not agree that competition brings out the best. I don't care how you're wired, where you're from, whether you were the Gatorade player or any of that. Watch the last dance and watch Michael Jordan talk. Competition is, is critical for people's development. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss ticket office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss ticket office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. 
Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Allen Samuels, let's be friends. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, as far as recruiting is concerned, um, they're limited now as far as the prospects they can bring in for visits, but they've been bringing them in all spring. So let's do a recruit check. Bring it on. Recruit check. It is on. Check it out. All right, David, for the Grove Bowl specifically, what is Ole Miss looking like in recruiting as far as bringing guys in, who they're talking to, how the Grove Bowl will be on as a recruiting day only? What's the breakdown? Yeah, it's it's going to be a big day. Obviously, it's split up but in, in the state of Mississippi. Ole Miss has their spring game the same day Mississippi State has theirs. And our baseball team is playing in Starkville. So, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to see the list coming in this weekend. I know a few of the guys. I will say this, though. Don't be surprised if Ole Miss gets at least one commitment tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Um, the, the other thing I'd keep an eye on, and, and this guy will be here tomorrow, is Isaiah Autry, the offensive lineman out of Itawamba, Mississippi. Um, Isaiah is getting down to the wire. He is uh, tiring of the recruiting process, if you will. I think he's going to make a decision in May. And tomorrow may be the last time he's on the Ole Miss campus. So that is a huge visit. The Ole Miss coaching staff knows it is. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I, I think all the marbles are at stake for Isaiah Autry tomorrow because on April 22nd, he's going to be in Norman, Oklahoma, at the Oklahoma Sooners spring game. And uh, they may end up getting the last shot at uh, – at, at, at getting that commitment. I will say this, though. Auburn has come into the picture again, okay? Auburn were, again. Auburn was out. Now they're back in. So you're talking about three schools, and I talked to someone last night who would know this, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Auburn, dead even right now. So the visit for Isaiah Autry tomorrow is huge. And if you've ever seen Isaiah walk into a room and you look at him and you go, well, this is a three-star kid. That's true, but he's the prettiest kid a coach will see walk into his building. It's projectability you're talking about. Oh, my God, his ceiling is so high. Okay? Yeah. Look, his mama was a two-time national champion basketball player for Pat Summit at Tennessee. 
and a United States Olympian. That's the gene pool he's from. That okay. seems good. That seems pretty good. Yeah. His second cousin is Marcus Dupree. Oh, okay. God. Greatest oh. athlete in Mississippi history. The Oklahoma running back. He's the still greatest a athlete in Mississippi history. I thought that would get you a more hot takeish response. You agree? Yeah. You're with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the greatest high school football player. Philadelphia High School. We got Walter so, Payton. We got Jerry Rice. Yeah, we got Jeremy Liggins, but nobody did it like Marcus Dupree. Did you really okay. just put Jeremy Liggins in there with I Walter did. Payton? Look, man, Liggins was one of the greatest high school football players ever in the state of Mississippi. Well, yeah, and Eli Andean was that for me when I was watching him as a little kid and he was at New Albany High School just setting the world on fire as a quarterback. But I'm not going to put Eli Andean, even though I love Eli. He was a great player and played at Ole Miss. Okay. Okay, how many state championships did Eli Andy win? Uh, well, still, that's New Albany. New Albany just historically isn't okay. Okay, winning okay. football, but he Liggins, did go from quarterback to to fullback at Ole Miss and was awesome. Liggins won like forty two games in a row, and uh, you know three state titles. And uh, I mean, uh, uh, if people played Lafayette, you had to shut down Jeremy Liggins, which was impossible. impossible. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but I mean, come on, David. I know what happened in college, but at the same time, you can't take his high school career away from him. That's fair. If I'm saying that about Marcus Dupree, that there's legitimacy there with there, Jeremy. There, there you go. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, but, uh, so, so anyway, Dupree, yes, he's involved in his recruitment to Oklahoma. And, you know, that's what kind of gives him a little hope, I think. Um, he's going to be there with him on his visit next weekend to Oklahoma. So – it's it's look, Ole Miss has got to got to get off the pot this weekend. They've got to they've got to seal this kid up. They've got to do it. They were the first school to offer Isaiah Autry, and uh, you know he likes John Garrison, so you know they need to make him feel big tomorrow. He needs to, he needs to be treated like 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 a king if they want to get him. Here's a one question edition of buy or sell. Buy or sell. By the end of the summer, Ole Miss currently has six commitments. That commitment number will have doubled by the end of the summer. Bye. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Gonna happen. I think they get I think they get one tomorrow, and I think they get one in May. That put them at eight. Yeah, you'll get four or five over the summer. Where will that class be ranked? In the top 20? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. I think this class has the potential to end up close to the top 10 if they do it right. It does. It does. And, um, you know, they're, they're doing everything right right now. I mean, they really and truly are. So I like it. I, I, I could see this being a top 10 class when all is said and done. I could, yes. Well, Chris Beard seems to be doing all the right things, too. He'll have two weekend visitors and transfers, Quest Glover from Sanford and Austin Nunes from Arizona State. And recently, according to John Rothstein of CBS Sports, Ole had a Zoom call with Oklahoma State transfer big Musa Cisse. What do you think of that um, update as far as, like, who's coming in and all that kind of stuff? It feels like Brandon Murray committed this week. It feels like Chris Beard. We, we were waiting on that portal, like, hot streak, and he's, he's hitting his hot streak. Let's go hashtag build it beard, okay? Build it beard, okay. Build it, get beard. With that. Build okay. it beard. He's doing it. Look, from the second 
Keith Carter and the powers that be decided they were going to hire Chris Beard, the fortunes of Ole Miss men's basketball turned around. It will be an immediate turnaround. I'm not talking SEC title next year or, or anything like that, but uh, an immediate competitor. They're going to be in the conversation immediately. And he, he's built his coaching staff. He's building his roster. And, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think Ole Miss is the favorite for Austin Nunez, the transfer from Arizona State, the guard. Um, I think that could happen pretty quickly, could could come together pretty quickly, like Brandon Murray from Georgetown when he came into for a visit and then committed a couple of days afterwards. But it's more than just that, too. I, I think Jamin Brakefield coming back, Matt Morrell, T.J. Caldwell. At this point, with all the point guards they're, they're um, recruiting right now, including, uh, let me find him, Tyler Perry from North Texas, who um, Ole Miss held an in-home with on Thursday – I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Deshaun Ruffin isn't coming back. I don't know that, but you're just not hearing much about him. So the guys he has retained from the Ole Miss roster are three of the best players on the roster, and then he's filling it out with marquee transfers, or at least he's targeting marquee transfers. And that, to me, indicates that Chris Beard, and we knew this, but he's going for an NCAA tournament appearance next year. So you as a fan, like I've gotten a lot of Ole Miss fans that have already asked me this. Well, what can Ole, Miss, can Ole Miss fans expect? I mean, uh, can we really think about the NCAA tournament for next year? And I think yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's there. It's uh, – look, look, and Beard didn't come here without knowing the resources were behind him. Right. Okay? He's got the resources. He's going to work. And you're going to see similar success to what he had at Texas Tech and what he had at Texas right here in Oxford, Mississippi. Now, we talked about this last time. I think we did. But tell me, I mean, when has Ole Miss had a coaching staff from sport to sport as exciting as this one? Lane Kiffin in football. Mike Bianco has a national title under his belt. Thank Chris God he does because this year has been just, oh, my God. Yeah, I know, I know. But Chris Beard, Coach Yo, I, I, I mean, those four, oh, my gosh. Tremendous. Yeah, in regards to consistent winning and where their coaches are, are considered amongst their peers in their sports, Ole Miss, I would argue, has never been in a better spot with the big four. I, I, I don't think it's ever been better. Never. Never. Yeah. There's always been like a weakest link or something, and there's no weak link. I mean, Mike Bianco's Ole Miss baseball rebels this year have been abysmal, and I would argue they're not that bad. They just have – they don't have the pitching. Um, the hitting, the offense has been pretty good, uh, but for Hunter Elliott to go down, that was like the one guy. And we've seen that happen with Ole Miss sports so many times before, uh, where they go into a year and the one guy who can't get hurt, it doesn't matter the sport gets hurt. And I always go back to DT Shackelford in that spring for Ole Miss football, when Ole Miss football was so mm -hmm. bad and he was like the one saving grace and he got hurt. So oh, yeah. We, yeah, we've seen this before. Hunter Elliott was that guy for this baseball team because of the youth and inexperience behind him, including even a transfer in Xavier Rivas, who I like a lot, but Juco's take time. Dylan DeLucia took time last year. So it's just the depth of options of pitchers they just haven't had. And when you don't have pitching, I mean, they're losing games in 13 to 10 fashion. And that just tells me they don't have the depth of options. And also some veterans that 
they were hoping to take a step like a Mason Nichols have floundered in many ways. So I, I think once if Hunter Elliott, Riley Maddox come back, you could see a run on this thing. But I, I think the writing's obviously on the wall. They're not going to make the postseason. Uh, but we said this 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 time last year. So <laughs> I don't want to ever put the cart before the horse anymore. Uh, but this team was done in by the fact that they just didn't have the depth of options of pitchers, and it was exacerbated by the loss of Hunter Elliott. Yeah, Hunter Elliott, if he had been out there, is probably worth 10 more wins right now. Not that he would get them all, but he'd win his starts, and it would he would go deep, and it would leave more pitching for midweek games and things of that nature. Uh, you know, they're probably 10 wins better than they are right now if if Hunter had remained healthy. Yeah, it was just an absolute – that was the one guy, like D.T. Shackelford that spring, and this is worse. I mean, this would be like Ole Miss losing – Jackson Dart last spring, you know, I mean, this is just, uh, they couldn't afford to lose him and they did. This has been Franchise Player. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Ole Spirit, omspirit.com and Affiliate on 3. He writes for Inside the Rebels at Affiliate 247. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I would love for you, all of you, to go in there today and say, hey, man, we love the show five stars but if you go in there and say hey you're nothing but sunshine and rainbows that's fine five stars that's all i'm looking for thank you my friend i enjoyed it we'll do it again howdy toddy everybody <laughs>